No one can resist the golden lasso. It binds all who are encircled and compels them to tell the truth. Welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This is episode 65, and we'll be talking about Wonder Woman and some other Wonder Women recently featured on PBS's Independent Lens. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. Regina sent me a link to the PBS affiliate website, Independent Lens. I'd never heard of Independent Lens before, and they've been around for 10 years. You'd never like, come across them at any point in time before? No. Oh, interesting. Wow, I'm glad that I have introduced you. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, they air every Monday night, and they show original documentary films that are made by really good independent filmmakers. Um, Lucky for me, you can also stream them on their website. Well, the article that you forwarded me was in reference to one of their episodes. It was kind of a follow-up. The episode, Wonder Women, the Untold Story of American Superheroines. And this traces the evolution and legacy of the Wonder Woman character in the comics and in pop culture. And from the birth of the comic book superheroine in the 1940s to the blockbusters of today, the film looks at how popular representations of powerful women often reflect society's anxieties about women's liberation. Right. It really does a great job of covering not just the evolution of Wonder Woman, which is sort of the focus of it, like looking at how she changed and how she was influenced by sort of the cultural norms of each era. But it also talks about the heroes that were inspired and the other heroes that are sort of coming out at different in different eras as well, which is gave it a great amount of depth, I thought. When you look at her in the pantheon of superheroes in the comic book, she has uh, she's the forerunner. And she's the one that's influenced a whole lot of this. Exactly. She really did sort of set the bar for female superheroes in terms of here. Here's our here's our legacy that everybody sort of gets to live up to. Uh, Wonder Woman. (laughs) With some with some difficulties as the um, as the documentary discusses. Yeah. So the article that I had sent you was Wonder City designer Naomi Clark on busting sexism with games. The, the game Wonder City is a follow-up to the film Wonder Women, and it's designed by female game designer Naomi Clark. And she was also, a pro- she's the producer and designer of the, the game. And it was really interesting that this, the game Wonder City is linked directly to Wonder Women, to the documentary. Yeah. So it was a nice sort of build of the game off the documentary and sort of taking the themes that we see emerging in the documentary into an interactive format, which I thought was just brilliant. Wonder City is a narrative adventure game where players navigate through a high school where people are mysteriously granted superpowers. And that was one of the most fun things about it is you get to be, you get to get your own superpowers. Each episode explores stereotypes, beauty myths, harassment, bullying, and peer influences. So a lot of the themes that we see emerging in sort of um, young adult culture right now and it gives players a chance to fight back against all of those influences and stand up for the others. So, Rhonda, what did you think of the game? Um, I thought it was really unique, which is 
which is kind of hard to do, the idea that it's free online, fully interactive game with some uh, very nice artwork was surprising. And, and there even at the very beginning was a little character building. You, you could build a, a, an avatar. There was just a couple of choices, but still I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, I loved the fact that you had different choices in what character to play, what your character looked like, what your body shape looked like. That was really, yeah. those were some really important choices to have out there. And they were, you know, like you said, they weren't, you know, hugely expensive extensive, but they were enough so you felt like you could go in and kind of personalize the experience of the game. Yeah. And like you said, for a free game that's going along with a, you know, documentary coming out of, you know, PBS and Independent Lens, it's really, it really gave a, a great amount of depth to even just the beginning experience of it. Well, and then if you compared it to some of the games that they linked to in the article, did you go see those? I did not, actually. I didn't look at those. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> We would have had another rage moment on the show like we did with E3. Sometimes I have to I have to stop. <laughs> and when I'm happy, sometimes I don't want to make myself unhappy. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have to be fair because I really am not familiar with the, the context of online games targeted toward girls. And the, there were links to two games or two gaming sites targeted toward girls, which could be the exception to the rule. They could be the rule. So judging all online games by these two would be really, really, really unfair. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, but besides being just completely and totally benign, I mean, one of the sites had at least choices for sports games and adventure games. But I would have to say that 50% of them were Princess Makeover, mm. Superhero Makeover, Hollywood Makeover, Celebrity Makeover, Rockstar Makeover, Robot Makeover. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's then Makeover the other City. one. Mm. Yeah. Well, and the other one, and th this, this particular site included games like this as well, but the other one to me was so much more offensive. Apparently, you were supposed to it was talking about getting a kiss and how romance is in Hollywood movies and how you want to sneak in a kiss. And so they have this strange little animation scene set up where you can see the audience watching a movie where a romantic couple is and they show an animation of a baby start crying. And what you have to do is when the baby cries, you click on it to shut it up. And then you go over to the couple and you click them as fast as you can. And every time you click them, they kiss. And you score by how many times you get them to kiss while the baby is quiet. That, that, that's a game? That is a game. Oh, that's atrocious. Like, I was just, I was so, I was so mad. I, I just I don't, couldn't believe it. I don't even, I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't, I didn't, you know, spend any time looking at it. And I thank you for, for being the um victim uh, yeah <laughs> exactly i didn't want to say guinea pig because that's not right it really is the victim, victim. yeah because um, there's yeah. absolutely nothing that pro probably disturbs me more than the message sent to to young girls about what their sexuality mm -hmm. or their beauty or th their 
unique feminine characteristics mean right and debasing them to the point of satisfying a man or that is just physicality right and 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 the uh, on top of that i mean i have an issue with the whole genre of games for girls or women that are about collecting shoes or baking or you know other other sort of things as well but this sort of that sort of takes it to a whole new level of yeah here, here's what your life is going to be like. You're going to have a baby that you're going to need to keep quiet and or order to keep the man in your life happy. You're going to need to be able to satisfy him within a limited amount of time that you're given to be able to do that while, you know, the baby is quiet. I mean, that's just... Yeah, and you know, I'd, I, I like to give creative license mm-hmm. and I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but this was just was just so horrible. Yeah. And like I said on the... I, I don't mind makeover games, Right. I don't mind collecting shoes or whatever, but there just doesn't seem to be any balance. Yeah. Whatsoever. I I think that, yeah. And, and the, the, my problem with the collecting games isn't, isn't the collecting itself or even the objects that are collected, but it's more that the focus on, um, autonomy for for women in those games maps too clearly into the capitalism of the world you know exactly you the only way women are really told that they can be independent is to have like a huge closet full of clothes and i will be the first to raise my hand and say i have a huge closet full of clothes like i have more clothes than any person needs especially during summertime when i work from home the entire time and i hardly (laughs) ever go in there to pull anything out other than jeans and t-shirts so it's ridiculous but but it, that idea that that's the only place that you can become individualized as a woman is to have more shoes or to have more clothes yeah. those ideas that are in those games are what bothers me not not the collecting or the gameplay itself but i think that that's one of the beautiful things about wonder city truly is that it steps away from like you said it is a very unique experience And for me and my, you know, growing up and what it was like for me, I was a big reader. I I loved to read growing up and I loved to read romance novels and I loved to read all kinds of things, you know, teen romance novels. And what I loved about this was that it was, you know, there, there wasn't a romance option in it. It wasn't like that. It was all about your main character, whoever you were playing, you know, doing her thing and recognizing her powers and sort of seeing what she could do with that. And also, you know, how she was interacting with her friends, what she could do for them, and sort of broader ideas. And it reminded me, the whole gameplay, and I don't know if you felt this way too, Rhonda, but the whole gameplay for me felt like a choose-your-own-adventure, which is part of what took me back to, you know, to being a kid. It's like, okay, here are your options, you know, which page are you going to flip to? You know, and sometimes, you know, you would cheat and kind of read the first couple of lines, like, oh, do I want that one? Or, oh, do I want this one? You know, and you don't get those options there in the game necessarily you have to sort of pick your dialogue option and see where it takes you but I love that that experience for me was really fantastic yeah I mean well it pulls the gamer in mm-hmm. to the adventure it, it makes them more a part of the story and you they get to express themselves 
Right. I mean, the, the choices are, are, are not benign. It's like, no. you know, do you want red, white, or blue? I mean, the choices are between character issues, which okay. I think is what makes the enormous difference. Capitalism and uh, commercials targeted at women, they're all about consumerism. Right. There's very little about any of that that has anything to do with character. Right. If, if a person will just simply develop character, they will be able to deal with relationships. They will be, be able to deal with jobs. They will be able to deal with um, tragedies and culture and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the focus is on th these um, extraneous things, on the edges. Right. And that's part of what I, I liked about the game. You don't have to have romance up there. If you want a narrative about a romance, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see a uh, character built into the individuals. Exactly. exactly. And the, 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 I was very... I was very surprised by the first three characters that were introduced and the awkward situation that they were in. I was surprised to get something that straightforward. Okay, what am I going to do? I was embarrassed. My friend did something weird. Right. What should I do about this? Because, you know, it will look bad on me if I react a certain way. I was like, ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, it was a moral quandary from the first, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the first right dialogue the choice. How do you react? Your friend's been in an embarrassing situation. You know, do you abandon her? Do you stop being friends? Do you, you know, yeah. do you treat her different? Do you make excuses for her? How, you know, what do you do with this? And, and that was... You know, I mean, we've all faced that. <laughs> we still yeah. face those as adults. That that's just such a hyper experience. You know, when when you're young and when you're a young adult, when you're coming into adulthood and you're just starting to recognize the play of relationships, mm -hmm. it's so much bigger, so much larger than life. So I, that was one of the things I love that they started it out with. You know, here, and one of the things I loved about it too, in terms of the gameplay, was like once you did make certain choices, you couldn't your some of your dialogue options would be great out yeah so if you decided not to tell somebody about your powers you didn't have the choice later to go back and tell them or it would it would limit your your dialogue options later yeah. she went through it but it still showed you the other option that you didn't mm. get to choose which was great because a lot of time those decisions are made in the game programming and it will just like remove the option for you so you don't know what the different choice or the different path that you might have been able to take was. But yeah. this would gray out the one that you couldn't choose so you could still read what it would have been had you not made that previous choice. And when you got to the end of the game, it, it pulled up, you, you know, there are so, several achievements just by finishing, you know, your first time through the game you, you got or, you know, different ways that you played. I was I was playing very much as, as a self gamer. I was very much making the kinds of choices that oh, yeah. I would have made in real life. I think it kind of really because, like you said, that moral choice was so was immediate. I think I just automatically sort of went into, OK, who let's do this as me. But you have the option, it, it pulls up, um, I don't know, there were probably 30 achievements you could get. And I had four, maybe five from my first playthrough. Oh, wow. um, so you can, they were like, you know, go through and make selfish decisions, go through and make, you know, um, cooperative decisions, go through and, you know, and all these just dif different options that you could follow the story through, playthroughs, different characters, different body types, you know, all those different things. So you had achievements. So it, it for that reason, you would have to replay to see the other dialogue lines to see the other choices and what would happen if you made those other choices so really 
brilliant. It's tackling the right kind of subject. Yeah. And it, and it ties nicely because part of what we saw in the documentary and one of the reasons why I think it, it couples so well with the Wonder Women documentary was that there were lots of women who were saying it, it didn't really even matter what kind of stories are told about Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman in the comic books anymore because she's still a symbol of you know, female power, regardless of kind of what her stories are, what's happening in the comic books. And for that, it's that was the reason why I think it, it Wonder City, you know, worked so well with the, with the documentary and with the, the thoughts and ideas that were evolving out of out of that discussion. Well, I was I was really impressed with the documentary. And I did see some similarities between Wonder City and the kind of the, the points they were making in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And we've talked on here a lot about designers creating female protagonists in games and why that's such a difficulty and what we're not seeing. Right. What do you think that Wonder City and the, the film addressed or talked about as far as how you can make a female protagonist? Well, I think the most important thing was the, the impact those characters have. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I okay. as, as I was watching it, I was thinking about our episode that we did somewhere in episode 40s-ish, <laughs> where we did our, fam- our favorite female ass kickers. Yeah. Right. And I kept thinking about that episode because so many of them were showing up in the documentary. Yes, I know. And I was so excited to see, you know, your two of your favorites, Ripley and um, Sarah Connor. Yeah. Um, in the movies from the 80s as as um, as representations as the same female warrior. Um, and sort of the, you know, the talking about uh, the discussions about those characters. I thought I was really excited to see those because I knew those were your favorites. And I saw Xena show up, um, even though we didn't list Xena um, as, you know, one of our favorites. But, you know, it was great to see her. Buffy showed up, who was, yeah. you know, my top choice. And and the discussion, they had my favorite writer, Jane Espenson, from yeah. um, um, Buffy and an Angel and uh, Once Upon a Time was on. And so it was great to see her because she's got so many great um characters yes you know one of the things that she shared was how when she watched wonder woman as a child and she saw that there were female writers on the wonder woman series that that was part of what made her realize oh i can do this and you know how powerful is that here's an example of oh these women are doing these things and are writing these things and so i think that the impact of the other the other thing that made me think about that was um, at least three women said that they used to watch the Wonder Woman show and then spin around thinking that they were going to yeah. turn into Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I totally did that. <laughs> I used to I used to jump up from like the couch or wherever I was watching Wonder Woman because, you know, they were in reruns. So it wasn't like it was, you know, running at the time. But I would jump up and I would spin around and, you know, pretend that I was also becoming Wonder Woman in that moment. And I thought it was really interesting that that was that was some of the impact that they had. I mean, it was so cheesy. You look back at it now and you watch some of those episodes and like they mentioned, the writing isn't fantastic, (laughs) but it still has that impact though, that impact. And so I think that female heroes in 
movies and female heroes in games can still have that kind of impact. And I think and I hope that the game industry recognizes that it's not a weakness to have a female character as a lead. You know, that's not really a problem. It's 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 something that I think a lot of people, male and female, would appreciate. And and they didn't make a really huge, strong point about it. But you could see it was a recurring theme constantly. Uh, And Linda Carter mentioned it specifically about Wonder Woman and some of the other characters. But the, the idea that the female protagonist uniquely solves problems. Yes. The, the the immediate response is not necessarily violence. Right. And we do have warrior women and they're in they're in place to get physical if they have to. Right. But they have unique something unique to bring to the table regarding conflict. And it's completely valid. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's totally valid and it's it's a complete, you know difference in in the socialization of of men and women you know women are taught to look for those solutions and men are not necessarily taught that but that was one of the reasons why zoe was on my list zoe from firefly was on my list because you knew she could kick you she could kick your ass i mean there was no doubt (laughs) she could take out anybody that she came across um but but she always looked for those other options first you know what other ways are we going to be able to you know to solve this problem are we going to be able to face the situation and always did it with a level of um depth that really sort of gave her character that kind of power to me that is a representation of character development it's very very easy to have someone in an episode that just walks in and shoots everybody mm-hmm. yeah but the idea that you actually have to think about the situation you have to take into consideration the relationships that are there what kind of impact are your decisions going to make to in the complete context? Mm-hmm. And it, that makes little girls think. Right. And the, the idea that their creativity and problem solving, and as well as men, is a really valid first step. It's, it's I think, what makes the female protagonist unique. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't want to say they have a greater impact because of that, but they stand apart. Oh, yeah. That, because yeah. because of that. And that was one of the things that they talked about in terms of Ripley's character. Yes. And the way that, you know, she was leading and protecting and, and, mm-hmm. and working through the situations that she was in. Um, and the reason why she had sort of the cultural impact that she did, because that, that hadn't been seen before, that kind of character. And, and now we see it more. It, interesting, if you, if I, you know, if I've thought about this for a while, and I've seen this evolution. Um, I'm watching it in particular right now in Game of Thrones, where I can't, it's to the point now where I can't hate some of the characters I really want to hate. Like um, they've they've gotten so muddied. Nobody's nobody's good or entirely good or entirely bad. Everybody's like some muddy shade of gray, which mm. is fantastic storytelling because it it engages you in a way that you know uh, good guys in white hats and bad guys in black hats doesn't. Yeah, you know because you have to grapple. Everybody has to come to that situation just like in Wonder City where your first decision is you know a moral quandary. How do I deal with this situation? How do I deal with this pressure? Um, it's it's that same basic idea. Everybody has those moral moments, and and where where you go and what you say and what you choose impacts you know your character. And as the game says, as Wonder City says, what kind of hero you'll you'll become? Yeah, I love the way that they build that, and it, it's the same way. I I mean, I used to 
teach youth when I was in, um, when I lived in Texas. And I would try to emphasize to them, you know, I woke up this morning and I would like to be a brain surgeon. (laughs) So I have got uh, a hammer for anesthesia (laughs) and I've got, I found a hacksaw in uh, the garage and I think that I'm pretty good. Oh, and I've got my sewing kit. And I said, you know, so I think I'm going to be a surgeon. And they're like, well, you can't do that. I'm like, why? And I tried to tell them, you can't wait to get the character that you want to be the day that you go to look for that job or the day that you want to marry that man. You need to build that, begin building that character now. Right. And evolve right right and quit screwing around and pay attention to the choices that you're making the way that you're thinking and the things that you're doing right and how all of that works together because that's what makes your character it's not one thing or another it's it's the evolution and the journey of who you are yeah so well how familiar were you with the uh the wonder wonder woman history uh that they showed in the documentary Oh, I I was familiar with with a lot of what they had talked about. Were there some surprises for you? Oh, yeah. I wasn't very familiar at all. Um, There were quite a few surprises. Um, I loved the way... I didn't love what it mirrored, but I love the way that it sh- it mirrored the ideas of society at the time about yes. women. Yes, I, I that that was one of the things that elevated it to, you know, beyond your standard sort of this is what this character did at this time was that yeah. sort of historical context and talking about the and not just talking about the cultural influences, you know, in general that were happening, you know, I. Rosie the Riveter and, you know, that being the era that she came out of. But then what happened after the end of the war and the women went back home and looking at, you know, some of the the domestication of women from there on TV, you know, more mom roles and sort of more limited options and how that you know, ended up being what happened to Wonder Woman. And I loved um, Gloria Steinem talking about (laughs) (laughs) what sort of happened to her in the 70s that she, you know, had abandoned all her superpowers and um, had left all that behind. And she told the story about, you know, having really, you know, gotten on DC, you know, comics um, case about, you know, what are you doing (laughs) with, with Wonder Woman? What's going on? And, you know, not only do we want her to be, you know, the empowered, you know, Amazon that she is, but, you know, we want even more women represented through that. And, uh, and the response from DC comics about, can you just get off my case now? I gave her back all her powers and, um, an African-American sidekick (laughs) called Nubia. Thanks. (laughs) Well, and I had a whole lot more respect for, because I mean, at the time as a kid, you, you're not really paying attention, but mm-hmm. I had a whole lot more, more respect for Linda Carter and, mm-hmm. um, Farrah Fawcett and all of those women, yeah. um, Lindsay Wagner that played those strong women roles in the seventies. And I mean, basically that was put, they were putting themselves in the forefront in an, in a, industry where basically people were telling them this will not succeed exactly exactly where um yeah linda carter said that you know people told her that point blank so this isn't going to be successful nobody's going to watch this show yeah you know and here we are 
it's been 30 years since the show was on the air and we're still talking about it and she is still you know this iconic image of of you know wonder woman although you know there's plenty of artistic renderings and you know other versions of it ever you know a, a good number of people still think of wonder woman as you know linda carter and one of the things that i did learn from the documentary which i'm i'm like kind of abashed that i didn't know that there's a wonder woman day in portland oregon i know and i had no idea and i was like what how did i miss this so i'm definitely gonna be all over that <laughs> next year yeah, that was pretty because awesome. <laughs> i was looking at that and, they, and 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 the fact that they raise money for you know domestic abuse women who suffer from domestic abuse i was like oh this is like, you know, the best of what pop culture can offer us is where we manifest these characters and these fictional um, idea, these fictional worlds, and we make real activism out of it. How did yeah. I not know about this? I feel I, I felt so <laughs> like, yeah, I knew the history. I knew what happened to Wonder Woman. I knew what a rough time she had had. But damn, I didn't know there was a Wonder Woman day in my own town. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Regina, bad Regina. <laughs> well, you know where to find Regina next year. Yes, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> well, do you guys have any good recommendations uh, to recommend to girls for to play games? And what do you think of Wonder City? Give it a try and tell us what your little girls and what the girls in your life think about the game. Also, leave a comment in our social media accounts and tell us what kind of superhero would you be? If you look at Alex Law's portfolio, you'd assume she's a trained illustrator and artist, but Law is an undergrad student in general biology and an experienced lab and research assistant. She does scientific illustrations, architectural renderings, and wonderful portraits. Regina, you brought her to my attention because of a little project she started last year called Little Girls Are Better at Designing Superheroes Than You. Uh, Yes, I knew I knew Rhonda. <laughs> if anybody needed to be watching this project, it was you. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, so excited. Because you would love the artwork um, that Alex is, is, is coming up with on this. Essentially, what she does in this project, which is a slow evolving project, she even says on the blog, she takes pictures of little girls in superhero costumes and then creates a superhero based on whatever their concept was. And it is some of the most delightful artwork I think I've ever seen. Not not just because it's inspired by sort of real life costumes, because their pictures are there, so you can see the girls in in their you know in their costumes. But but then the the renditions that she does are just they really capture the essence of what you see in the pictures. Alex is just a, a wonderful artist. I I followed a trail. Uh, I always do this because I love to find out background information about where this stuff comes from where does this person come from and how did they come about doing this and, and that's why, why I, I love you because I know you'll do that yeah. <laughs> well and that's where it was exciting I found out that she's this biology major and um but she does a wonderful portraits um I think she has a very particular knack for the the human form and anatomy which is not not really a surprise and the pictures like you said are really charming and but the the drawings of the superheroes that she creates that she brings to life they to 
to me, these two tie together with the Wonder Women that we were talking about earlier and the type of character. Mm-hmm. There is character to me in those those particular portrayals of superheroes. And I believe that that's translated from the photograph into the drawing that she creates, where she creates this superhero in an actual comic image. And you're looking at us like, man, I want to know that girl. I want to know what she does. I want to know what she does in a situation. I want to know what kind of choices she makes. You look at that and you're like, I want to be her friend. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That just ties into what we were talking about with Wonder City and everything. I I think that Alex portrays that through her drawings. And Mm -hmm. it's it's like you could take any of them and make them a protagonist of a game. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. There's um, female Hulk with a with a little pink tutu on. Unbelievable. To die for. I mean, the picture itself, but then the drawing and the character that she created from the picture that's fantastic. It was just, it was just amazing. It was just truly amazing. And um, there's a two, two sisters that were, you know, female Batman and Robin characters that were just, oh God, the little girl with the Green Hornet outfit on, and then she put um, the Green Hornet mask on her stuffed dog. Yeah, <laughs> so cute. And then she took the stuffed dog and made that part of the character as yeah. well. I mean, it was just. The attention to detail and that sort of the earnestness, not just of um, of the kids and how much they're enjoying being superheroes, but how much she's enjoying making them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, drawings, making drawings of them and making them into sort of full-fledged characters. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think any any number of those, you know, drawings or those ideas that she's come up with, you know, a single drawing, you, you already know what that character is going to be like to play in the game. And, you know, yeah. you want to <laughs> jump in and play that character. Exactly. <laughs> well, I love the, the interpretation from the kids. Mm-hmm. They have they're so free in imagination and creativity, and they have no qualms or reservations whatsoever about personally expressing that superhero. Exactly, exactly. Like like cha- changing and taking and making that superhero their own. They're not caught up in the the ideology that a lot of cosplayers might get caught up in, or a lot of us get caught up in when we're making our Halloween costumes of, oh, I've got to get it to be exactly correct, or it's got to look exactly like it did in this movie or in this comic or this mm-hmm. artist's render- rendering. They're like, just, oh, let me throw all this together. I mean, it was a Hulk with a tutu. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and it was fan- it was absolutely fantastic. Was, and that's yeah. a running theme, apparently, which I, I highly approve of, is that all superheroes should wear tutus i would i would totally back that i i would think that that would just be fantastic that um i can really see batman pulling off a tutu i can yeah and apparently all little girls agree Uh, exactly (laughs) because the the comment that alex put in under the all the batman pictures she's like it is you are hard pressed to find little girls dressed as batman without a tutu yeah it's just it just it's a natural it's a natural evolution you've got the bat ears and you've got a tutu it i don't it just totally works so how do you think that alex's images uh, are empowering for little girls we've talked about what we get out of them what do you think those images 
are telling little girls? Well, to dream big. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, to you can take whatever whatever idea you have and and make it real. You know, that's part of what the, what they were saying in Wonder Women in in the documentary, you know, the impact that the idea of Wonder Woman's had on individuals and that idea that you can become this superhero. Um, you know, they had a, a single mom who was interviewed and she said, I, you know, she had several tattoos that were Wonder Woman. And she said, I feel like I'm becoming Wonder Woman. I have two jobs and I'm supporting my daughter and oh, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. living here in this life. And, and I think that, you know, all of that goes together. You know, here are these little girls who take these iconic superheroes that may not be their gender, but they make them feminine. And there's nothing better than that. Yeah. <laughs> here's, an, here's a perfect blending of, of two things that us as adults, because we're so mired in the ideas of, you know, one way or the other, may get caught up in. They just throw it aside. I'm going to put a mask on my stuffed blue dog. He's yeah. going to go trick-or-treating with me. Well, and the idea that they weren't held back by the fact that the the superhero that we're mimicking was actually male. Exactly. Like, it didn't yeah. it, it didn't slow them down at all. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your idea of a female superhero? Do you have pictures of your kids wearing their superhero costumes? What do the young girls in your life have to say about comic books and the female superheroes they see? We'd love to see your ideas, your drawings, or your photos of female superhero concepts. Why do you like your concept? What does she have that you haven't seen in mainstream media in female characters? Tweet post on our Facebook or email us. We'd love to see your creative ideas. You've been listening to Game On Girl. You can find our social media connections on our website, gameongirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at RoRoom, that's R-H-O, R-H-O-O-M. You can also read my tech blog at drillonthefrog.com or email Rhonda at gameongirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter and Steam. And we would really love to hear your feedback on this episode. And if you check out Wonder City, I'd love to hear what people think about playing it. And if anybody ha- else has that same nostalgic experience I have of being taken right back into the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Especially if uh, little girls play it. Exactly. I'd love to hear what they say. I, I, I agree. I would love to see um, the feedback I might actually have some test uh, samples that I'll, uh, I'll some some parents I know of kids that are about the right age to see what they have to say about it. Um, and maybe we'll do a little bit of a follow-up about this. But we would love to hear what you guys have to say. And if you've seen Wonder Women, the um, PBS Independent Lens documentary, we'd love to hear your feedback on that as well. And go out and be the superhero you want to be. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening. Until next time, game on and superhero on.